You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Is Atlantis a real place, or was it an allegorical symbol of nationalistic hubris created in the mind of Greek philosopher Plato? Some people think it is a real place, and the Greek island of Akrotiri is often pointed to as the real-life inspiration for Atlantis. This is episode 334 for the 30th of November, 2017. I'm Chris Webster, and this is Arc 365, a podcast today in 2017. This episode is written by Richie Cruz. This network is supported by our listeners. You can become a supporting member by going to arcpodnet.com slash members and signing up. As a supporting member, you have access to high-quality downloads of each show and a discount at our future online store and access to show hosts on a members-only Slack team. For professional members, we'll have training shows and other special content offered throughout the year. Once again, go to arcpodnet.com slash members to support the network and get some great extras and swag in the process. That's arcpodnet.com slash members. Akrotiri is a settlement on the Greek island of Santorini. Evidence has been found that suggests that it may have been settled as early as the 5th millennium BC. For the next several millennia, Akrotiri's place among the primary sailing route between Cyprus and Crete made it a very important trading center. It would eventually become a Minoan city, complete with paved streets and an extensive drainage system. It was destroyed in a volcanic eruption in approximately 1627 BC and is an important window into almost 3,000 years of human history in the Aegean Sea. The final destruction of Akrotiri left it covered in a layer of ash, leaving structures, frescoes, ceramics, and artworks intact, forever preserving a piece of Minoan society at the height of its power and prestige. It also provides us with precious clues about the fate of the Minoan people, a people who disappeared suddenly, yet were a major influence on the ancient Greek societies that followed them, and whose earliest known language and writing remains undeciphered to this day. Present-day Santorini is what remains after one of the largest volcanic eruptions in recorded history in the 17th century BC. Today, what is called the Santorini Caldera appears to be a tight circle of islands, but it's actually one giant collapsed volcano with only a few parts of its rim still remaining above the surface. Akrotiri is located just above the bay on the southwestern edge of Thera, the largest island, approximately 110 kilometers north of Crete. It covers an area of over 10,000 square meters and was home to several thousand residents at the time of its destruction. It was one of the wealthiest cities in the Minoan world, where residents lived in two- and three-story houses filled with artwork, lavish furniture, and indoor plumbing. Explorations around the area of Akrotiri began in the 19th century, but the city itself was not formally excavated until Greek archaeologist Spiridon Miranatos, who also excavated the famous battlefield sites of Thermopylae and Marathon, began investigating the area in 1967. He would later pass away at the site in 1974. The first two field seasons of excavation were exclusively devoted to finding out how big the city was, while extensive labs and workshops were being built nearby. Akrotiri presented archaeologists with many treasures and challenges in their attempts to uncover and preserve the site. While many buildings were found to still have intact first and second floors, the volcanic ash that preserved them also proved hard to remove without destroying them. What was found was a society with skilled engineers who were centuries ahead of their time. Things such as indoor plumbing, which is not unheard of in the ancient world, and second floor indoor plumbing, which would have been hailed as miraculous during Roman times, let alone 4,000 years ago, were uncovered in many homes. They were also great artists who painted detailed frescoes to de decorate their lavish homes. Although it should be noted that these are not true frescoes, which are painted onto wet plaster so that the paint can sink into it and leave behind a painting that resists the effects of time, weather, and the occasional eruption. The frescoes at Akrotiri were begun when the plaster was fresh, but no attempts were made to keep it wet during the painting process. 
Thus, they all have sections that were well-preserved and sections where only the surface has any paint which flakes off easily. Preserving these frescoes was made even more difficult because they were often found detached from the walls they were painted on, making them especially fragile. Akrotiri is also notable for what was not found there. The only skeletal remains found within the city were all formal burials from people who had died well before the eruption, and only one gold artifact has ever been recovered. This points to a city that was evacuated before the eruption, people who had enough time to gather their money and whatever personal possessions they could carry, and shows a society that was not only technically skilled, but one had a, that had a strong form of government, something we would not have known if the city was not so well preserved. We would also have known little about Minoan furniture. While things like structures and pottery are durable enough to survive for many years before being excavated, wood furniture or any other kind of wooden object rarely survives intact in the archaeological record unless they are someplace where there's little oxygen, like the bottom of the ocean or a wet bog, and even then they are still subject to decay from being banged against by angry fish or the constant movement of the ocean, etc. In this case, wood furniture buried by the volcanic ash left behind perfect impressions after they had disintegrated, which could be used as molds to make reproductions of 4,000-year-old furniture. Much has been written about the world left behind by the Minoans at Akrotiri, and much remains to be discovered, proving again that fact can be just as interesting as fiction. Thank you. That's it for this episode of ARC 365. Please share this episode on your social media sites so others can have fun and learn about archaeology too. Please consider a donation to ARC 365 by sponsoring an episode for just $35. You can find the sponsor page at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com forward slash sponsor ARC 365. Thanks and have a great 2017 with the Archaeology Podcast Network. The song Storm Diggin' was written, performed, and recorded by Steve Webster. This show is produced by Chris Webster and Tristan Boyle and was edited by Chris Webster. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.